The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Gemara Baba Metzi'ah, Daf Chaf Aleph. Today's Daf is being studied. La'ilun Nishmat Marat Zekenati Yafa Batzara Ve'ilun Nishmat Avraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. Today's Daf is being studied. The Refuah Shlema Hayim Aharon Ben Le'ah. We begin today's daf on Chaf Amud Bet, and we are starting from In Yesh and Mahem Simponot, which is actually on the second wide line. And the Gemara quotes from the Mishnah that we're talking about a Malveh, a lender. So the, again, the Mishnah quoted a situation of a Malveh, he has shtarot. Amongst the shtarot, he found a shovar. A shovar is a receipt, meaning that the loveh paid him back. However, it's a little strange that the Malveh is holding the receipt. Usually the loveh gets the receipt to prove that it was paid. In any event, the uh, Mishnah said, Im yesh imahim simponot, ya'aseh, Ma she besimfonot. So he has to respect the simfon, the shovar, the receipt, and he has to assume that the shtar was paid. Amar of Yirmiya bar Abba, Amar Rav simfon, Hayotse mitachat yedem malve. It's a shovar again, a receipt that's found in the possession of the malve. Afalpi shekatuv bichtab yado. Even though it's written in his own handwriting, meaning the Malveh himself wrote it, which means uh, we don't pay any attention to the Shovar. It's like he's joking around with the Loveh and his Pasul, and if we still can collect with the Shtar, the Mefarshim uh, explained that. Not only in the case where a sofer wrote it, in the case where a sofer wrote the uh, shovar, so then we could say that he told the sofer to write it just so he can have it ready. Uh, but that doesn't mean it was paid. He wants to have it ready just in case the lover comes to pay, so the malveh will have the have it ready. Uh, so not only when the sofer wrote it, you say it's nothing, but even when he himself wrote it. In his own writing, still we say it's nothing, it's pasul, and he was only joking around. The Gemara is going to say that now. Not only in a case where he wrote the Shovar by a Sofer. You can say that the Malveh met a Sofer, he told me, do me a favor, write me a Shovar, just in case the guy comes to pay me, so I'll have it ready. Because sometimes the Malveh wants to pay back, but he says, I'm not paying you back unless you give me your receipt. So he wants to have the receipt ready. But just because he has the receipt doesn't mean it was paid back. But even if he wrote it in his own handwriting, still we say, you don't pay any attention to it. He could still collect. Why? Meaning the Shavar is Pasul. Why? Because the Malveh figures like this. What's going to happen? 
Maybe the Lovet is going to come to my house Erev Shabbat, right before Ben Hashem Hashot, and there's not going to be enough time for me to write him a Shovar, and he's not going to want to pay me. So he says, the ego, Avina Leh, I don't give him a Shovar, he's not going to give me the money. Echtov Ana, so let me write it now, to have it in my possession. So when he comes to give me my money back, I'm able to give him back the Shovar. So therefore, the Hadush of Rebbe Miyah, and that's the basic Hadush of the next piece of the Gemara, is when a Maldeh finds a Shovar, or a Simfon, the Shon of the Gemara, when we find this in his possession, pay no attention to it. It's Pasul, and the Ishtar still can be collected. Because we say again, the logic, he's only writing it to have it ready for when the Loveh pays back. Now the Gemara is going to ask a host of questions on Rebbe Miyah. Tenan, we learned in our Mishnah. Right, that's a head-on collision question. The Mishnah clearly says, if he finds a shtar, this is the Malveh, and he finds a symphon with it, respect the symphon, respect the receipt. you got to assume that what? It was paid. Whereas the Bimea says, no, you don't pay attention to the symphon. How can he go against the Mishnah? So we can answer it based on what Rav Safra said, which we're going to see later on. ben Which means, where did he find the symphon? He found the symphon amongst his torn shtarot. So here too in the Mishnah, we can say, ben Which means, he found already ripped shtarot. And next to the ripped shtarot, he found already a shtarot. So you could assume... A rip star already means probably it was paid already. That's why it was torn. And he found the shovan next to it. So Mr. Ma, if it's found next to the torn shtarot, already you can assume that it was paid. But Rav Yirmiyah is talking about where the shtarot are, are, are good shtarot. He found the shovan next to a normal uh, uh, shtarot that are whole. So therefore you got to assume that the star wasn't paid. And therefore you assume that the shovan is nothing. So there's a difference where you find the shovan. Again, the Mishnah's case is talking about where you found it. Ben Shtarot Kiru'in. Comes to Gemara's ask another question on the Virmiya. I'm going to really answer the same answer. Tashema, Nimsal Echad Ben Shtarotav. A guy found, let's say amongst his Shtarot, it says, Shtarosh and Yosef Ben Shimon Parua. It says, the Shtar of Yosef Ben Shimon is paid. Now, he found this amongst his Shtarot, but he lent two Yosef Ben Shimon's. Then he has one receipt that says, Yosef bin Shimon is paid up. Which means, uh, both Yosef bin Shimon's do not have to pay. On the contrary, the Malveh has to bring it to Ayah, that it's the other Yosef bin Shimon. That means, both of them are considered paid up until the Malveh can prove which Yosef bin Shimon paid. But what do you see again? That you have to respect the Shobar. Whereas the Bidimiyah said, no, nah, Shavar, pay no attention to it if it's in the Malveh's possession. Again, the Gemara answers, Kedamar of Safra, Shinimsa ben Shtarot Kiru'in. Achanameh, Shinimsa ben Shtarot Kiru'in. Again, the case of here, we just read from the Bright, or the, this Mishnah actually comes from Baba Batra, it's talking about where he found the Shavar amongst his torn Shtarot. And therefore you could assume that the Shavar is legal. It's a good receipt. Because the Shtarot already torn, that means he probably... The star was paid up, and therefore there's a difference where you find the symphon. Another question against the Here we're talking about Yetomim, 
that are coming to collect the uh, hob of their father. Uh, their father left a debt, and uh, now they're coming to, the debt which means they're owed, the father's owed money, I should say, and the interim are coming now to collect it. So what happens, so they go to the people that they're going to collect it from, and they have a shtar right, that they're owed the money, But they don't know if it was paid or not. They just find a document, but they don't know if it was paid or not. Is yet to me. So they say, Shivua Shelo Pekadanu Abba. We swear, they must swear. That what? We swear that our father did not tell us before he died that the star is paid. Vishelo Amalanu Abba. And not that he didn't tell us either when he was healthy. And we did not find amongst the shtarot of our father, which means, and we did not find a receipt, which is mashma, if they would have found a receipt, they would respect it, but we didn't find the receipt. Mashma, if they found the receipt, so you have to respect the shovar. Therefore, it was paid. Question against Shedavir Same answer, Amar of Safra. Here's where he said it. Which means what they're saying is, we swear that we did not find the shovat amongst the ripped shtarot. But in the if they found it amongst the ripped shtarot, then you got to assume that it was indeed paid. So that's basically the answer. Same questions they're asking from all over the place on Yerubinimiyah. And the answer is basically where you found the shovat. Tashema, another question. Simfon... That's the receipt again, that's the Shobar Sheyesh Alav Edim, which means it's signed and it's held by the hands of the Malveh. And the Malveh is claiming that it wasn't paid. And the Lovet is claiming, no, I paid back. So the Deen is Yitkayem Bechotmav, which means whoever signed the Shobar, so they should come along and uh, uh, verify their signatures, and once they verify their signatures, so the Shavad is a legal document, and therefore the Lovet is Patur. Question against it, again, so long as you verify the uh, Shavad, we, we believe with the Shavad, even though it's in the hands of the Malveh. Ema, the Gevara says, Yitkayem Mechotmav, which means, don't read it, Yitkayem Bechotamav, which means you ask the Edim, not to verify the Shtar, you ask the Edim that signed the Shovat, the Shailina Nelisahade, you ask them, Iparua, Iloparua. Yes, they witness themselves. Did you see payment or not? Which means, if they say that we saw the payment, so finish. That means Love is Patur. That they didn't see Pinaon, so therefore the Shovat means nothing. Which means, we do believe a Malveh. When he says, I found a Shovar, you don't have to pay. Shovar means nothing if it's in the Malveh's position, possession, just like Rabbi Miyah said. In this case, Rabbi is talking about where uh, they're saying, if the witnesses themselves come along and say, no, we saw it was paid up, uh, then the Lovez Patur. But otherwise, just on a Shovar, it's not enough like Rabbi Miyah. Now the Gemara asks one more question against Rabbi Miyah. Tashema, we have a a Simfon 
שיש ענב ועדים כאשר יהיה בסימפון, it's in the possession of the malveh, and it has witnesses that signed it, so it's כאשר, and therefore you see that what? that you assume that the star was paid, a question against the Benmiyah, מהי עדים, and what are we assuming עדים, it's a star שיש, סימפון שיש לה עדים, עדים, עדי קיום, oh, עדים means a bit din, we're answering the question, מהי עדים עדי קיום, not that it has witnesses that signed it. It means that Bet Din made on it a henpeck, which means once Bet Din makes a henpeck on a document that says the document is valid, even the Rabbi Miyah will agree that you have to assume that the Lovet paid. That's the Adim. The Adim of Bet Din, they, they established that the start was actually legal. Hachinami Mistabra, Medektari Sefa, from the fact that that bright that says in the Sefa, She'en alav Adim Pasul, a symphon without witnesses, is pasul. My in alav edim, ilema deleka alav edim kelal. If there's no witnesses that signed it at all, sneaka le mad pasul. You have to tell me it's pasul. Of course it's pasul. Nobody signed it. In alav edekiyum, it means that the betin did not put a henpek on it. The betin did not certify it. Also, all it is is a shovar in the hands of a malve. Shovar in the hands of a malve. You believe the malve to say it wasn't paid yet, and he just wrote it. To have it ready, so therefore you have no question against the Miyah. The last piece of the Perik. Gufa, we learned earlier in the Braita that Chaf. Simfon, Sheesh Alav Edim. You have a Simfon that what? That has on it Edim, meaning that Bedin made a handpick on it to say what? That the signatures are legal and the document is valid. Yitkayim Bechotamab. Then you, you, you fulfill the Shavad, and therefore you assume that what? It is indeed paid. Oh, but let's say, this idea that signed the, the Shavad, but Betin did not certify it. Oh, the Malveh gave the Shavad to a third party. Not the Malveh and not the Loveh, but something that they uh, equally trust. That what? that he should hold the Shovar until the Lovet actually pays. And then he'll give it to the Lovet. And they both agree that he is the third party. Or, let's say, we see that what? That the Shovar is actually written on the Shtar itself. Which means, on the shtar itself that the malveh has, on the bottom of it, he wrote, paid in full. You see, the shomar has been on the shtar itself. In that case, kashir. So the Gemara explains, yotzeh mitachat yedeh shalish. When it's in the third party, he's holding it, te'ahim ne malveh de shalish. Of course, because the malveh trusted the shalish. He trusted the third party to hold it. And therefore, uh, when the Shadish says it was paid, finished. Since the Malveh trusts him, he cannot say uh, or contradict him and say that it was not uh, paid. And therefore, correct, and therefore the Shadish is believed. But again, the Malveh trusted him. You trust me, so you got to believe me when I tell you that it was paid. In the last case is, when the actual Shovar is on the document itself, it's also you believe it. 
Exactly. If the Loved didn't pay back, the Mavez is not writing anything on the star. When you write something on the star already, you weaken the star. If he wrote paid in full on the bottom of the star, you can't just say, ah, I wrote it uh, just in case he comes to pay me, so I'll have it ready. No, a Mavez doesn't do that on the star itself. He doesn't want to ruin the star. So therefore, in those two cases, where it's either held by a third party, and the third party says it was paid, so you trust the Shavad, or they actually wrote it on the document itself, then you trust the Shavad, and the Lovet does not have to pay. We begin the second Perek of Baba Metzi'ah. Elo Metzi'ot Shelo, Elo Hayav Lachriz. This panic talks about a person finds an object. So certain objects that you find, you're allowed to keep. Well, certain items that you find, you're obligated to machriz. You have to announce it in order for the person that lost it to come forward and you return it. Elu The following items that are found, the person can keep it. Matzah perot mefuzarim. Let's say a person found scattered fruits. Now, there's no siman on scattered fruits. Normally a person could come along and say, well, I have a siman, I have a sign. He can give a certain uh, 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 siman. But the scattered fruits, as she says, uh, the owner for sure gave up hope. And as she calls it, hefkir. he even relinquished ownership. Therefore the guy that finds him in the street, scattered fruit, he can keep it. Ma'ot mefuzarot, same thing, he found scattered money. Again, we're talking about over here where there's no siman, therefore the guy gives up on it, and therefore you can keep it, because when you picked it up already, the guy, you could assume, made you, she had no chance of getting it back, because how can he get it back? He cannot give a siman. Kirichot b'rshut What is kirichot? She says, small bundles of like wheat or grains that are in the rishut Also, there's no siman, she says. Really, maybe there was a siman, but guess what happens in the Rashut Rabin? People trample on it. Rashi says, And even if there was a siman on it, it's trampled already by the time the people step on it. What is uh, So that is talking about dried figs. Uh, that they make it like into a cake. They press it into a cake. That would be the... Um, Baker's bread, as she says, all baker's bread is the same. You know, they make like in a factory, the same bread. If it would be a private uh, person's bread that he makes in the house, he probably could have a siman. Because everybody has their own way of making the bread. But a baker's bread is all the same, it's uniform. So therefore, no siman, you could keep it. That is a string of fish. The fishermen they used to take the fish and put, string them, that's the way they used to carry them. It was very common. The hatikot shel basar or pieces of meat, the gizeh semer alikuchot b'medinatan, which means you have uh, pieces of wool uh, that are taken from the uh, medina, from like the factory or from the uh, from the uh, place of uh, where, where they process it. So these things over here from the uman, from the craftsmen. So these things over here also do not have a siman. It's still raw. It's still unprocessed. So that would be like uh, bowls of pishtan, uh, flax. That would be combed wool that looks in the shape of a tongue. That's why I call it the shonot. It's combed and it is purple. 
says all these cases come in the nominator. You could keep them because there is no siman. And therefore the owner makes yush. He relinquishes ownership and therefore you could keep it. That any item that's different, that has a shinui, that has a change to it, you're obligated to announce. For example, Ketzad, Matzah you found this uh, pressed uh, figs, Uptocho but inside of it, there was a piece of pottery. That's not common. Kikar, you found a loaf of bread, Uptocho Ma'ot, there's money inside of it. The Bishamon and Azar Omer, called Keli Anporia, in Hayav Lachris. We don't know what Keli Anporia is, we just know the law that you don't have to machriz, you don't have to announce it, you can keep it. We will see in the Gemara what Anporia is. Comes the Gemara, Matzah Perot Mefuzarin. You found scattered fruit. Now the Gemara has to explain to us what is the ratio. How much fruit did you lose and in what area did you lose it that we say a person will give up and make you ush. Vekama Amar Bitzhak Kav Be'arba Amot. We're talking about where he lost where he dropped a kav. A kav is a shi'ur. Be'arba amot. In four amot. Now again, if a person uh, finds scattered fruit, one kav in four amot, you could assume that the guy made you should keep it. So Gebrahaz, what are you talking? Hechidame, what's the case? Iderech nefilah. If you can see that it fell, which means you see that it fell, the guy dropped it and it fell, even more, which means even more than a kav, which means even if it's closer, which means a kav and four amot, it's scattered around within four amot. But if it fell, so why only a kav? Even more than a kav. I mean, even if they're closer to each other within the four amot, because more fell, it should also be considered yush. And if you can see that it was actually placed, you can see from the way it's on the ground, you see it's actually placed on the ground, even less, that she says, why? Because the guy is going to come back. So therefore, the Gemara has a question, where did you come up with this shiur? Where did you come up with the shoot of Kabar Bamot? It should all depend on how you found it. If you found it, Derech Nefilah, even more than for Amot. Again, the Gemara is questioning over here. If you tell me it's Derech Nefilah, if you could ascertain that it fell. So afilu even more, which means even within four months, if it was more than a a, a, a kav, a person should be able to keep it. If it's derechinuah, if it was placed with kavana, afilu even if it was less than a kav in this shiur, uh, he should be able to uh, uh, he should he should have to leave it because the guy is going to come back. So therefore, the Gemara's question is, where did they get Kabar Ba'amot? The Chaorat should all depend how it was placed. If it was placed, the guy's coming back. If it fell, so the guy left it. The Shulim should not make a difference. 
comes Gemara and says, Amarav Ugba Bar Chama, Bemachnashta, Vedame Askinan. We're talking about over here the threshing ground, which means the guy went to the threshing uh, place over there where they threshed the wheat, and he collected whatever he collected, and then uh, after he gathered all the grains, he took the ikah and he left the uh, whatever was left over. Oh, so now the Gemara comes along and analyzes, which means really we're talking about a guy. How does the how do we know if the guy's not going to come back? So the Gemara says, if you go to the threshing ground and you see a kav in four amot, then you could assume the guy is not coming back. And the Gemara explains, kav ba'arba amot, you have one kav, it's not that much, and it's scattered in four amot, denafish tarhayu, it's a big tarhat to go collect it in the four amot, lo tarah inish, a guy's not going to toil himself. He's not going to come back and get it. Therefore, he makes it ifkir. However, less than this, which means, if let's say the kav was scattered in less than a four amot area, yeah, he'll go back. And bring him. So therefore, the Gemara says a wonderful answer. We're talking about over here, you didn't find them in the public domain. Public domain, it shouldn't make a difference. You just look. If it looks like it was placed, so he's coming back. If it was looked like it was full, he's not coming back. Well, that's talking about where you found it in the threshing ground. Now the she'ela is, you don't know, is the guy coming back? Maybe he left it there or not. How could you assume? How do you know? Yavara says, you look at the ratio. How much? In what area? Kavin for Amod... It's too little for a guy to go back now and matriach himself to collect. Before Amor has got to walk in that area, you're not coming back. But less than that, in for Amor, again, that's a big tirha, he's not coming back. However, less than that, which means if it's less than for Amor, it's a kav in a small area. So it's worth him to come back. It's not such a tirha. That's the Gemara's uh, uh, case. So when you learn the Mishnah, where did you find Perot Mefuzarin? In the threshing ground. And what's the deal of the Mishnah? you got to look how it is placed. Keep it. Less than four amot, guy's coming back. What's the logic? It's not such a toil to go less than four amot to collect these items. Now the Gemara is going to ask a host of questions. Ba'er Birmiya. Hatsi kav amot mahu. Uh, let's say you find half a kav that is in two amot, which means in the two amot by four amot, which means have your four amot by four amot area, but let's say it was found on the bottom two amot, a half a kav. Now, kabar ba'amot, when it comes to kabar ba'amot, tamamai, hayu. guy's not coming back because he's not going to walk the whole area to collect it. But in the, when, it's, when it's scattered only in two amot, he will not be mafkirit. Maybe no. The other way. Maybe the whole reason why he doesn't come back with a kav in four amot, because a kav isn't significant. 
וחציקה בשתי אמות, כיוון דלא חשיב ומפקנו, that's right, and כל שכן, הפה קרה בשתי אמות, is not coming back, because also it's not significant, which basically what I want to know, what's the real reason why a kav and four amot? Is it because he doesn't want to toil, it's a toil to go collect things in a four amot radius? So then if it's in two amot, he will come back. Or is it that a kav is not hashuv, it's not worth it to go back for a kav? So if it's not worth it to go back for a kav, certainly it's not worth it to go back for a half a kav. That's the Gemara's first question. Gemara says now, Second question, Kabayim Bishmona Amot, Mao. Let's say you have two Kav in eight Amot. The same ratio, you doubled it. Kabarba Amot, Amama Bishmona Rafish Terhayu. If you say that the reason why the guy doesn't go back when it's scattered in four Amot, because it's a big Terha to walk in the foot, to go walk in four Amot to collect everything, because you can Kabayim Bishmona Amot. All the more so, when you have to walk eight Amot, Kabayim Bishmona Terhayu, Tafeh. Since it's more to have to walk in eight amot to collect everything, maybe you'll say because no, a kav is not a chashuv. However, the kabayim mishmona amot, but maybe when it's two kavs, kemana chashivah lo mafkadu. So that's the Gemara's question. Same question. Gemara has one more question. A few more questions. Kav shum shemin. What if it's not a kav of wheat? Let's say it's a kav of simson, a kav of sesame seeds. In the same ratio, kav and four amot. The reason why it doesn't go back on take is not hashuv. It's not worth it to go back for a kav of wheat. The but hashum shemin are very hashuv. They're very expensive. No mafkadu is not going to be mafkidet. Or dil ma mishum nafish terhayu. Or you say not. It's a terhayu to go collect these items, uh, the wheat. Because you can't shum shemin. All the most sesame is very hard. It's very small. Well, the most is very tedious for him to collect. It's very difficult for him to collect. Next question. Let's say it's a cav of dates in four amot. Or cav of pomegranates in four amot. So I'll tell you the reason why it doesn't go back for wheat is because it's not chashuv. So kav tamre bar vamot, kav remone bar vamot, namek, even though chashiv is mafkado. I say also remonim and timarim are not chashuv, therefore it's not going to go back. Odil mamishum dinefishet terhayu. So maybe you'll say no, to collect the kernels of wheat, it's a big terha. However, ve kav tamre bar vamot, ve kav remone bar vamot, since they're bigger, so it's easier for him to collect. Keman delo nafish terhayu lo mafkid le mai. So the Mara asks, on all these questions, what is the deen? And the Gemara answers on all of them. Tiku. Again, so basically the four questions that the Gemara is asking over here is really based on one reason, or, or, or one basic question. That what's the reason why a guy is mafkir a kav in four amot? Is it because it's not hashuv, the kav is not hashuv, or because it is a big terha for him to go uh, collect it. So therefore, they asked basically the same question in four different ways. The Gemara's final answer is, it is indeed a uh, tiku. Uh, the rabbis came along and said, the Rambam writes, you have to be mahmir in this tiku, tzafek de oraita, therefore you cannot keep it yourself, and therefore you cannot keep the perot. That's the opinion of Rambam. Now we go into one of the main subjects of the second peric, and that is the mahloket between 
Abaye and Rabah on the subject of Yehush Shelo Midat. What is this subject of Yehush Shelo Midat? A little introduction before we go into the subject. Subject is like this: person finds an item. Okay, now. At the time that he found the item, the owner maybe wasn't aware that he lost it yet, and uh, he did not make Yehush yet. Now even though he's going to make Yehush later on, so the question is, an item that a person is going to make Yehush on later on, do we say that when the guy picks it up, it's considered as if he made Yehush now, and therefore he would be able to keep it. If you say Yehush Shalomidat, have Yehush, because he says it. Once the guy finds out about it, he's going to give up. He's going to relinquish his ownership, therefore he can keep it. Well, you say, no. Bottom line, when you picked it up, he didn't have Yehush yet. Even though later, when he's going to find out, he's going to make Yehush. That's not good. You have to pick it up already holding by Yehush. So that's the Gemara's question. Itmar, actually the Gemara's uh, fact. We have a statement. Which means, an item that you picked up, that the owner yet did not make Yehush yet, but when he finds out about it, he will make Yehush. It's not considered Yehush. And therefore, the the guy that picked it up has to return it. Now, before the Gemara goes into uh, analyzing this, we have to know what case Abaye and Rava were actually arguing. So the Gemara says, If the item that was found has a siman, everybody agrees that even if the owner makes Yehush, the guy that finds it is not allowed to keep it. Even though at the end, after you picked it up, you heard that the guy made Yehush. You cannot keep it. Why? Of course, when the guy picked it up, there was a siman on it. It wasn't destined, it wasn't automatic, the guy's going to make Yehush. Even though he might have made Yehush later on, it doesn't matter. When you picked it up, you picked it up before Yehush. And you picked up an item that the guy probably was not going to make Yehush on. Because that's a siman. So therefore, When there's a siman, and he finds out that it was lost, he doesn't make Yehush. He says, siman There's a siman. I'll take it. So in a case where there's a siman, everybody agrees, when you pick it up, even though the guy makes Yehush later on, in actuality, you cannot keep it because it came to your hands by Yehush. Now let's discuss the second case that they don't argue on. Bezutosh el is like an overflowing river that as it overflows its uh, banks, Zutosh is like an sort of uh, overflowing, so as it overflows its banks, and then it retracts, so it brings up a lot of lost objects, or it brings up a lot of uh, different items that might have been in the, uh, in the water. Ubishlilutosh el Nahar. Or let's say you have the uh, river that also went over its banks, and it uh, it flows onto the ground. A lot of objects that might have been in the river, 
that case, when you pick it up, even if it has a siman on it, the Torah says mutar. We're going to say later on Why? Because this item over here was lost in totality. And even if it had a siman, nobody's going to find it. And if the guy gives a pope, he doesn't think anybody's even going to find it. So in that case, whatever he agrees, even if there is a siman, when you find it, you can keep it, because for sure the guy relinquished ownership, because he says, no way nobody's going to find it. Keep it eager. So where's the argument in Abayin Lava? Tavar she'en bo siman. Oh, on an item that does not have a siman. Abayin Lava, lo have a yush. Abayin says, it's not yush. Because bottom line, the owner, he does not know that it fell from him, and therefore that's why he didn't make yush. When he finds out, he's going to make you because there's no siman. Therefore, it's considered already as if he made yush from the beginning. So basically, if you want to crystallize it, the mahluk nabayan rabah is, do you need a yush bepo'al, a yush in actuality? Or... Is it enough to say that for sure when the guy finds out he's going to make Yush, so therefore we can consider it as if the item came to your hands, Behetev, and therefore it's automatic he's going to make Yush, therefore you can keep the item. Now the Gemara is going to ask a host of questions against Abaye and Rabbah. So let's read a few of them. The Gemara brings a Siman here, Pamgash and Pamkakti and Kachsa Az. These are all abbreviations of all the questions that are going to come up now. Tashema, for example, the first question is from Perot. That's the Pe. Tashema, we don't know Mishnah. Perot mefuzarin. What do we say? Scattered fruits. Oh, scattered fruits, there's no siman. And what did it say in the Mishnah? That what he could keep it. He didn't know it fell from him. Oh, and therefore you're saying you can keep it. So must be what? Yehush midat have Yehush. Proof to Rabbah. Question against Abaye. Hamar Avugbav al-Hamma. Hachab al-Makhnashta devedare al-Askinan. Taveda midati. Now we learned already on the Amud Rishon. He knows it's there. He left it there. He was talking about a case where the guy's in the threshing grounds over there. Where he collected whatever he's taking. And the rest he left it. That's Aveda midat. He left it there on purpose. Even Abaye agrees the guy left it there on purpose. Okay. So he relinquishes ownership. He made it if can. So we have no proof to a case where a guy drops something he doesn't know he dropped it yet. That's a case where he left it there intentionally. No question. Oh, second case in the Mishnah. You found money. There's no siman on the money. So what do we say? You could keep it. What do you mean? He doesn't know it fell. And if we see what? That when he finds out, so you see that the Rabbah's right. says, A guy always is feeling his money in his pocket. A guy always is checking his pockets. Therefore, we'll say in the Mishnah that the guy finds out right away. It's not you, Shalom, you should immediately. If we have no to use Shalomidat when he finds out. Nah. The second it falls, already he makes a Yush. That's not a Yush Shalomidat. He makes Yush right because already he knows the second he lost it. Because he's always putting his hands in his pocket. 
which means he probably made Yehush even before the guy found it. Therefore, when the guy finds it, even Amir will agree, he, the Yehush was made already. The cake uh, of pressed uh, figs, or the case of the uh, baker's bread, if it dropped, if it fell, he can keep it. The guy doesn't know he dropped it yet. What must be Yehush? Since these items are heavy, he realizes it, and therefore he probably made use before the guy picked it up, before he found it, before it came into the guy's hands. If we have no question against Abaye, one more question. Again, the tongues of wool. It says the guy can keep it. When the guy picked it up, the, 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 the guy that lost didn't know yet. He's saying, You shall not have a since these items are expensive, a guy's always feeling his pockets to see if they're there. Therefore, it's going to be taxed by money. Therefore, similarly, we say that what? He probably knew about it before the guy found it. If we made Yush, therefore, when the guy found it, it came to his hands. That's not Yush, it's not the right guy made Yush. The guy finds money in the Bet Knesset or in the Bet Midrash. Or in any place that the people trample. Because we say the owners make Yehush. Again, he doesn't know that it fell. Therefore, it is Yehush. Without question against Abayeh. No, when it comes to money, a person always is feeling his pocket. And therefore, he probably made Yehush before the guy found Because he's always feeling his pocket. We knew. Then by the time the guy found the Yush was made already. Therefore, we don't have a question against Abaye. You got to give me a case when when a guy picked it up. He didn't make Yush yet. That's Yush Shalomidah, but it's going to make Yush. But in all these cases, Abaye is no the Yush is made immediately because either they're heavy or uh, he is always feeling his pocket. Therefore, he knows when it's supposed to be the Yush was made before it was actually found. Tashema, the Gemara continues. The Gemara is going to bring now a uh, question. Uh, against Abaye. Tashema me'ematai kol adam mutarim beleket. Leket is one of the entitlements that the aniyim get uh, from the fields. A person is collecting, uh, he's harvesting his wheat. So the things that he leaves behind, so the aniyim have a right to come and collect it. That's called leket. So how long, until when, uh, or from what time do we say that everybody is permissible to collect leket. You see, leket is really the money of the aniyim. However, after a certain point, the aniyim themselves, they give up hope. The aniyim themselves, they give up hope, and therefore it would be permissible for everybody to benefit from the leket. So the says, from what time is everybody permissible in leket, even the non-aniyim? For when these guys called the Nimushot go into the field. What is this Nimushot? Old people that walk with their stick. Which means, uh, after the Anim go through the field, so then you had a, 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 a group of, let's say, poor, uh, poor people, old, old men, that walk very slowly with their stick, and they rummage every inch of the field, because they're walking very slow. So, once already the word gets out that these old men 
walked into the field with their stick, they took everything probably. Yeah. Whatever's left, the Anim say, pass, forget it, they've scared. So once the old men walk in the field, anybody's subject now to take the lake. Because you could assume the Anim gave up hope that anything is left. Okay, that's the first opinion of what Nemushot are. The second opinion is, as she says, Zekenim Anim. Incidentally, I'm reading that she. Zekenim Anim, old uh, poor people. Holchim al Mishantam. They walk on their stick with their stick. Benahat. Very, uh, very slowly. And they see every single stalk. Once they go through the field, and Anim says, no shot, there's anything left. And if there is anything left, forget about it. And therefore, anybody could take it. The Gemara continues, You know what Nemushot means? These are the second rounders. means the Anim would make one round through the field, they would collect, and then they would go a second time, and see if they forgot anything. Once already the field has been uh, inspected twice, likute, bata likute, the Anayim say, forget it, there's nothing left. Therefore, everybody will be subject to take the uh, leket. So now the Gemara says, Be'amai. wait, why is this true? Nehi True, the Anayim in the local town, they find out about it right away, that the old men walked through, or they find out there was a second collection so it's Yehush Midat. They know. Therefore, I understand why it's Yehush Legabed Aniim that are in town. However, Ika Aniim Beduchta Acharita, but there's Aniim that live in a different city, that they did not make Yehush yet. Oh, and what do you see? You still see that even though they didn't make Yehush, since we could assume that when they find out, they will make Yehush, it's a classic case of Yehush Midat. And what does it say? It says that everybody else can take the leket. So you see why Yushalomidat is indeed Yush. So this is a proof to Rabbah, a question against Abaye. So Gebra says, Amre, no. Kevan di'ika anim hacha. Since there are poor people living in this town, Hanach mi'ikara ayushem miyaish. The anim that are out of town, they make Yush initially. They, they never even had a thought to take from this Leket over They make Yehush initially. Why? Because they say, oh, the Anim and the Tari are going to take everything. So that's not a case of Yehush Shalomidat. It's Yehush Midat. I'm not, when we said that the people of the, the rich people that say non-Anim could take the Leket, we're only worried about the people of the town. Once the people of the town find out that there was a uh, the old men went through the field, or the second uh, uh, right. collection. They find out about it because they're in the town. They make Yehush. What about the Anim that are out of the town? They never were even in the running. They made Yehush from the onset because they said, we're never going to get anything. How are we going to get anything? These guys in the town are going to take everything. So I'm not worried about them. So we have no question against Abaye. Tashema. Amara continues its proofs. Okay, now the Gemara is going to go the other way. It's going to ask a question on Nava. Tashema kitsiot baderech. Okay, what are kitsiot? So that she tells us te'inim. These are figs. She kotsitsim otam bi'ismal. They cut them with like a knife. Umo'al chalem zav. And what happens when you cut it with a knife, the juice oozes out of the uh, fig. And now it's all wet. So what do they do? 
they uh, lie him out in the field in order for them to dry. So it says, Let's say you found these dried figs, not uh, in a guy's field. Of course, it's on a private field. You have no right to go and take it. You found them on the derech. Even though it was next to somebody else's field. Kitsiot of dried figs. Or you found a regular fig. That is, guy has a tree, let's say, and the tree overhangs his property, but also overhangs the public domain. And some of the figs are found under that uh, uh, tree. Uh, that belongs to such and such a guy. So the deen is, when you find these figs in the public, you found figs under the tree. Anybody who finds it, keeps it. There's no problem, there's no stealing over there. Because again, uh, the uh, Gemara is going to assume here that the owner, he gives up hope. Why does he give up hope? He gives up hope because his rationale is, listen, they're in the public domain. People that are going to walk by are going to rationalize that this fell from total strangers in the street. And therefore, they're going to pick it up. Therefore, no one's going to say, oh, it must belong to the guy under the tree. They're going to rationalize. You know how people are. They rationalize. Oh, it's probably not the guy's under the tree. It's yeah. probably somebody else's. Therefore, they're going to take it. So therefore, the dean is, no problem. You can take it because the owner for sure made Yehushi, gave up hope. And once that's the case, the Gemara is a side point. The law is that you have to give ma'asir on all product. However, if an item is hefker, if an item is ownerless, you don't have to give ma'asir. So therefore, the Gemara says, Uftulot mena ma'asir. That's the first part of the Blaita. However, when it comes to olives and carib, it's going to be a suit. Same case. You found these items in the public domain. The deen is, you can't take them. So now we have contradictory statements in the Blaita itself. So Gemara begins its analysis. The first case in the Braitha is not a question according to Abaye. Why not? It seems, what was the case? The guy walking in the, fee, in the, in the street, he found these uh, dried figs. We say, what? Well, keep it. What do you mean? But does the owner know about it? So the Gemara says, yeah, don't worry, but the owner knows about it. Agav the hashive, since these items are hashub, they're expensive or they're important, mimashmesh behu. He always is checking to see the status of them. The figs, he knows that what? He knows that these things are prone to fall. So what is he always doing? He's checking. Hey, did anything fall over here? So therefore, you could assume that when the guy picked it up already, the guy who found it, for sure the owners made Yush already. Because this is something that is not too big of a lapse from the time that the guy drops it to the time that the guy finds out about it. Like we would know, something that's important to you, you're always going to look, oh, is it there, is it there, oh, is it there. So therefore, our whole question in that year is, listen, when you picked it up, the guy didn't know about it. Yush only came later on. No, not in this case. Yush comes immediately. Because the guy, he's sensitive to these items, because they're expensive, and he knows that they fall. So he's constantly monitoring it. So those are the cases where the guy made Yush. That's why he can pick it up. No question quite that year. But according to the Sefa case, what was the Sefa case? That was where, let's say, olives or caribs fell on the floor. So what did it say? It's a suit to pick it up. Oh, why is it a suit to pick it up? Seemingly, according to Rava, let's assume that he's going to make Yush 
later on. So what? Yushalomidat have a yush. Which means, according to Abaye, this uh, last part over here is not a question. Why is it not a question? So the Tosafot speaks out. Tosafot over here in the Buddha Matil says, the Sefa is not a question. He says like this. Bishlama, meaning the Tosafot. Pirush. Bishlama the Abaye. Te'ena muteret. The fig is going to be muteret. Why? Or the day, the fig. Since they normally fall, the guy makes yush right away. He says, for sure the guy that's going to find it is going to take it. He's not going to assume that it fell from the tree. Oh, that's the key. The olives and the carobs, they don't generally fall from the tree. So therefore, according to Abaye, I know why it's Asur. Because since they don't fall, so therefore the guy's mind is not really making Yehush right away. He doesn't check them all the time. They don't, they don't fall. So it's Yehush Elomidah. Good, Asur. So what they don't generally fall? You hold. The bottom line, if the guy would find out that they fell, and it would make Yehush. So therefore the Yehush is considered Yehush retroactive. So why shouldn't the guy be able to keep it? So the Yabara said, Rabbi Kasha, Dektani, Bizit Muharubim Asur. Amar Rabbi Abu, Shani Zayid, Ho'il Vachazuto, Mukhiyah Alav. Olives have a distinct uh, uh, quality that it seems every field owner has his style and his olives have a certain look to them. And even if you find the olives on the ground, a place of a person is his, is his place. Which means, each olive of each field has its distinct qualities. So therefore, and therefore, the reason why, even Rava will agree, the, the guy doesn't make use over here. Because the guy says, I'll be able to uh, recover it. So therefore, even the whole logic of Rabbah was, when he finds out, he'll make yush. But even Rabbah will agree, when the guy finds out, he's not going to make yush. So therefore, the guy cannot keep it. So that's the story in this case over here. But the olives, when the guy walks in the street, you say, ah, oh, these olives over here, when the guy finds out, oh, they fell? He says, oh, no problem. They're going to come back. Because they have a distinct look. So the Gabbana says, afilu So then even the resha then, should be so, which means, <coughs> if you tell me everybody's field has a distinct property and a distinct look, so therefore the deed should be by the figs also, that what? You shouldn't be able to keep them. Because the guy should rationalize the same way. Well, even though they fell, they'll come back to me. Because you know, every field is its field, and every owner is its place, is its place. So why did they shot? Did you say that by the figs, you can keep them? Amar papa te'ena im nefilatanim eset. That's the difference. When a fig falls on the floor, what happens? It, 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 it's soft, so therefore it becomes ma'us, it becomes all spoiled. It loses its, its, beauty. its, 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 its beauty, it loses its, its, its uh, image. So therefore, in the resha, there's no question, of course you can keep it. Because the guy makes yush. According to everybody, the guy makes yush. According to everybody, he makes yush immediately. Because the guy's monitoring them when they fall, they fall. And even if you don't want to say, you want to say he makes yush later on, but he'll make yush. According to Rabbi Yush Lomidad, have you, uh, how come it doesn't say I'll recover it? Because once the thing splats on the floor, 
He doesn't want it, and not only doesn't want it, but there's no way he can recover it because it loses its mark. It loses its mark. So therefore, he gives up hope. Masha'ekin in the Sefah, by the olives, you're right, normally Yush should not be that type of but in this case, it's not going to make Yush. Because you know what? The olive's hard. It'll fall on the floor. It doesn't get spoiled. In the country, you know what? It's coming back to me. Why is it coming back to me? It has a mark on it. Good. So therefore, each rabbi can answer up this Braita. It is not a question on either opinion. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen.